Welcome to Canada's podcast, the number one podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. Hello and welcome to Calgary's podcast on Canada's podcast network. Joining me today is Kevin Harrison, who is principal of Sturgis Architecture in Calgary. I'm your host, Mario Taniguzzi. Thanks for joining us today, Kevin. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Well, let me just start by asking you, Kevin, just a little bit about uh, Sturgis. Uh, uh, you know, give me a little bit of the history of the company, when it started, and, uh, and what you folks do. All right. Well, um, our company was founded over four decades, decades ago, really, actually in 1977, so 43 years ago by uh, our founder, Jeremy Sturgis. And I, I think during that time and, and up to now, what, uh, what stands us apart is our kind of known track record for our diversity in the scale of work that we do, architecture work that we do. I'd say our studio leads with creativity that's expansively imaginative yet meticulously thoughtful and and collaboration that merges with sort of our kind of versatile talent and our shared vision that that originated over four decades ago and and continues on through today and and, you know and and so you know a a snapshot of those sort of 43-ish years we're we're a collective of architects designers technical staff, um, which, you know, allows our distinct backgrounds to enable adaptability and, and sort of empower possibility. We believe that generic ideas and great design, they don't coexist. So we approach each client and each project with a sort of radically tailored lens and an invested exploratory process leaving no stone unturned you know this kind of unfolds with a commitment to context at every level ensuring our designs and designs are kind of deeply enlightened by its context by its surroundings so you know we're we're pretty um passionate about that and and passionate about the longevity of the office and passionate about the work that we do and you know so there's a We'll call it a one-minute synopsis of, of <laughs> who we are and, and what we do. Yeah, what kind of a range of, uh, of projects do you do? Sure, sure. Um, as I sort of briefly touched on, our, the scale of our work is extremely diverse. Um, from the sort of, uh, from a, I'll, I'll introduce, a $4.9 billion transit project, that is the City of Calgary's Green Line, to you know, culturally vibrant public spaces to custom built homes. You know, we're, we're responsible for, for that, all of that architecture and architecture that endures. So, you know, it, it's extremely diverse in, in what we do and, and the amount of work that we do. Uh, now, do you do uh, uh, your work primarily uh, in Calgary or uh, elsewhere in Canada? I would say, um, the majority of our work is located in Calgary and, and Alberta in particular. Um, but we, we definitely have spread our wings somewhat. Um, one of our, a larger project that we're currently working on right now is, is in Toronto. We've had work that has spread us overseas too. in in years past, uh, we did a project in Japan many years ago. Uh, we recently, did some exploratory work for a project in Nepal. And so um, our work is, is global in a sense, 
but the majority of it is in fact in Calgary and, and Alberta. I'm going to ask you about a couple of those projects. I know you mentioned Toronto. I'm assuming this is the Flyover Canada project? You are correct, yes. Tell me, uh, can you tell me a little bit about that? What is it and uh, and uh, when will it be done and all that type of stuff? Sure, sure. Um, well, it's a, I'll, I'll step back a little bit. Um, the the project that, that we're working on in Toronto is for a um, similar client, um, essentially brother or sister company, if you will, of the Glacier Skywalk, the client that we did the Glacier Skywalk for in, in Jasper National Park, you know, and so, and we had such a, you know, positive experience working on that particular project with the client. They approached us to do uh, another attraction based project in Toronto. Uh, this, this is at the heart of the entertainment district in Toronto at the base of the CN Tower between CN Tower and Rogers Center. So it's, it's a pretty high profile site. It's an attraction-based building, but um, one of the reasons they came to us was to create um, what what we would sort of dub and and the client too as an iconic an iconic building that that supports their intended use and intended program for the space. So, in essence, it's a flying theater, which is quite commonly being known and 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 used more and more these days in the traction based um, program. But the additional ancillary program that supports that is all about user and guest experience. And, and what I mean by that is, you know, because we're in such a public space, there's active urban edges, there's an active entry and cafe and retail space at the, at, you know, at the plaza level. Um, and as you enter the building, you you through guest experience you start to navigate your say yourself through these spaces whether it's what we're sort of dubbing as upon ticket purchase and ticket entry you enter into a boarding gate and you and you begin to ascend and take off in a series of stages and processes that then lead you to what is the flying theater which is a story a real story about about canada it's, you fly coast to coast and you really experience experience your country uh, through uh, this fully articulating um, theater where where we have this you know 19, mil, 19 meter diameter sphere where you fly across across the country sitting on these seats in this fully articulating um, theater space that um, it, it's a really, a, it's a really amazing experience. And so, and upon, upon close of that, you know, you, you, there's, there's still more public spaces that you can engage within the building. And so it's, it's really exciting for us. Um, we are, um, really thrilled about the opportunity and thrilled about, about the project in particular. So, uh, in terms of timing, as you, as you sort of touched on, we're, we're in the nearing the, we'll call it nearing the end of the design process hoping to start construction in the spring of 2021 and then it'll give or take 18 ish months 20 months to to build give or take and so you know so we're we're not too far off from from seeing shovels in the ground so to speak okay super now you mentioned the the glacier skywalk and now in the columbia ice fields uh can you um maybe for those who are not uh aware of of that attraction. Can you explain exactly what it is? Yeah, absolutely. The project initiated as, as really a, an educational based project 
that that brings insight and information to sort of receding glaciers in in our in our world really um and and, and so more than just that this project is is yes it's cultural yes it's attraction based but it's it's also education based and so you start by engaging the project through this 300 meter long walkway an extreme walkway that's right along the edge of of the mountainside and and along that walkway there's a series of what we've been dubbing as nodes or educational nodes whether they're geological nodes whether they're um, nodes about the migration of the animals that would exist within that mountainside and within the, within the ice fields. Uh, and then you ultimately, that leads you to what is the kind of culmination of the project that is this glass cantilevered uh, lookout over top of the gorge below. So, you know, we're give or take 180 meters, I believe, above above the gorge below, equivalent to the height of the Eiffel Tower in the air on a glass walkway that uh, that perches you out high above the ice fields or high above the gorge below. It's a pretty powerful experience. Um, wow. <laughs> we're, we're extremely, extremely pleased with it. Yeah, maybe one maybe one day I'll I'll drum up the courage to uh, to do that, but because I, I do have a fear of heights. But man, oh man! For those of you uh, out there who uh, haven't seen it, just Google it and, and take a look. An unbelievable uh, and very cool uh, attraction. Yeah, it's it's really interesting. Our um, while those who have fear of heights are often you know nervous about it. Our structural engineers involved in the projects say, you know, you can park a 747 on that thing. So it's it's not going anywhere. Um, and so, so it's safe. Okay, super. So I, I'm curious, uh, you know, uh, these super cool ideas that you, that you guys uh, you get, where do they come from? Like, uh, how do you, uh, I guess, how do you uh, get the creative juices going? Uh, for all these different and unique uh, uh, projects that you do? Sure. Um, well, I think all of our work starts with, with two particular things and the client being one and the site being the other. Um, and, and arguably you can't create something without those. And so, and so we, we then get inspired, but you know, a client comes to us with a desired program, whatever that might be. And, and, typically a site associated to that. And then, and so we, we then, you know, visit the site. We, we, we look for cues, we look for context, we look for opportunities that, that the site presents us that speaks to the program that the clients bring to us. In the case of Glacier Skywalk, we were, we were really inspired by, uh, you know, the geological nature of, of what existed within the landscape there, and and that kind of inspired the formal representation of of the of the project itself. In the case of our Flyover Canada project, um, because this is called Flyover Canada, you know how can we use the kind of iconic nature of what is Canada as a as a representation to how we might design our building and and how we might represent our building. So you know we have we have forests throughout our country. So can we, can those forests inspire a, a sort of a, a wooded experience or, or, or some representation of that? We have glacial 
we have glacial conditions in our in our country um, we have icebergs you know can that inspire some sort of um, architectural representation and, and so we we look for we look for cues throughout the landscape throughout the site and and draw that with the clients program and so it, it comes it comes from everywhere is is the answer now in this pandemic uh, world that we live in and obviously more people are uh, working from home um, you have a program or an initiative called office retreats what is that all about uh, well, it's, it's, it was, it was given, well, it came to us because of COVID really, um, you know, like, like everyone else, you know, it's kind of whatever it was, second week of March, it was everyone's, everyone's working from home and, you know, it just turned this world upside down and, and well, you can see here, I'm actually, I'm actually at the office, <laughs> but I, I'm the only one, I'm the only one here. But those who are working from home, it, it inspired you to think in other ways. You know, I'll use myself as an example. I have a three-year-old and a six-year-old, and, and working from home was pretty challenging, um, <laughs> given the nature of, of two young boys. Other people have, have different conditions. So, but working from home, how can you create space, create what might be dubbed as a sanctuary to actually be productive? And, you know, a kitchen table may or may not be that solution, but it got us thinking, how can we, how can we design these ideas of the office retreat that supports um, really taking from an idea from the, the land use bylaw and building permit, how can we design this space that doesn't require a development permit, that doesn't require a building permit, but it, it can be this sort of adaptable, mutable um, small space that can be your office sanctuary that can be done in your backyard as a means to be creative, be productive, have an opportunity to to actually be able to concentrate without the potential for interruption, if you will. And and so that's where that's where the idea spawned from. Okay. And then and then internally as an office, we 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 said, okay, well let's make this let's make this an internal office competition. And so, and so a group of us, you know, we broke out into separate groups and, and designed a series of them. And, and so we designed six of them, all different, all unique in their own right. And, and, and it was really exciting for the office. It gave an opportunity to take what would be, you know, a, arguably a challenging time associated to COVID um, and, and create something fun and interesting and exciting, yet also something that is valuable to to the experience in which we're dealing with these days. So we're pretty excited about it. Excellent. So um, I'm just curious, how, uh, how did you become an architect? And uh, why did you become an architect? Uh, well, it's, uh, I would say it's been in my blood, my life, my whole life. Um, my, so my father's a contractor uh -huh. and I started working with him at the age of 12 in the summers. Um, whether that's, you know, doing what 12 year olds do, pushing wheelbarrows, digging holes, you know, those sorts of things and continue to work with him, you know, up until I graduated high school. I then worked again uh, for a year with him before going on to school. I came here to go to SAIT, did architectural technologies at SAIT, always knew that I think I wanted to become an architect. And so after graduating SAIT, I worked for a few years as a, for a developer here in the city. 
And then I headed out east to Halifax to get my master's degree, um, knowing farewell that it was it was always something I wanted to do. Um, and you know, after school, so the story goes, I, I started here, and I've I've been here for in, including I did a couple of work terms as a student at the office, um, but I've been here for 16-ish years now, and um, you know, it's it's obviously I'm a principal. It's a place for me, you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's architecture. I've always been inspired by architecture and always thought it was for me. It was something for me. So what does your father think of the, some of the stuff that you come up with? Uh, well, I mean, I think he's, you know, like any, like any parent, always proud of their children. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, and um, I, I think they're pretty, well, I use they because it's always mom and dad, you know, not just, not just dad. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, it's, it's, they're, they're really, excited about um you know seeing what you know their child or their children can can achieve you know it's i I think as a father myself as a parent you know seeing excitement seeing progress seeing um how how your children can achieve something is is extremely powerful yeah exactly um so when you look at things uh i'm just wondering is there anything that you'd like to do that you haven't done yet uh there there is lots (laughs) the list is long the list is long um you know i I think on on some level you know as an architect you're always inspired to want to do more whether more is bigger or smaller it's to be determined but i'm very much interested in 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 starting to really see how we can how this office can do bigger projects whether it be performance venues whether it be stadiums whether it be museums you know those sorts of things um really excited about um about how we might bring ourselves to a position where we can where we can work on those types of projects uh you know it's the the opportunity to to design projects and work on projects that facilitate really human connection human opportunity human engagement with the environment we're really passionate about it and and we really want to relish that kind of opportunity so yeah the list is long um and and continual you know will continue to be long for for as long as i'm practicing now as an entrepreneur uh, kevin uh you know a couple of things uh in that area uh, I'll ask you, let, uh, but first of all, like, what's, what's the biggest challenges you face as a, as an entrepreneur? Yeah. Um, well, I think, you know, the, the, the usual thing about money is always, always <laughs> a question, but I don't think of it in that sense, you know, as, as, as someone who's running an office, you know, our office is a sort of small to medium sized architecture office. We range anywhere between 15 to 20 people at any given time. And so what does that mean? That actually means, you know, we have 15 to 20 families to feed. Um, and, and so, you know, how do you, as an entrepreneur, how do you put yourself in a position to, to be able to, to do so in such a manner? Um, what's, what, what I didn't touch on a little bit about our office is the culture that we create in here um, is, is, you know, those who, those who work in our office are, are really passionate about the work that we do and passionate about this in particular. And, and that's because it's, it's the culture that we create. And, and, and so 
we're, we're almost like, almost like a family or an extended family, if you will. And, and so, you know, when you have good days, you experience it. And when you have bad days, the family experiences it too. But um, the way we feel about each other is extremely, it's powerful. And so as an entrepreneur, what can I do or how can I, create opportunity to make that to continue that engagement that culture that that powerful connection that we have as a team and as a as a group working together and so you know does that mean pounding the pavement it usually does but it also means more than that because how do i get to know everyone on a personal level as an employer but as their friend as well uh, that to me I, I see i see success in opportunity through that means and 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 that's where I get really excited about the office about the team about what we do about how we can better ourselves because of it and so you know I talk about 15 to 20 families to feed because it is and and so you know I'm 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 you know I'll say, if I, you know, metaphorically, I got big shoulders. I can, I can carry the load, and I wanna, I wanna be able to support our group, however, however that is. And, and you know, I'm, I'm passionate about it for sure. Yeah, one of the things that I am always curious about, uh, you know, when it comes to entrepreneurship, is that obviously, you know, uh, being an entrepreneur, you really have like two jobs, right? You, you're, you the job of what you do right? Being an architect, but then the job of being a business owner, right? Uh, how do you juggle those two? Uh, it, it can be challenging. And I would say in broad sense, it's two jobs, but there's probably like a hundred of them, you know, <laughs> your HR, your business development, your et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, how do you juggle it? Well, I mean, I think it's about integrating it into your life as a kind of holistic approach. Uh, and so, and so, you know, yes, architecture, um, you know, I got into architecture because it's my passion and I love it and I love what I do. You know, the, at the same time, being an entrepreneur is, is, is equally is, uh, rewarding in, in the sense of how can you see something come to fruition? Um, and, and so how do you juggle it? it can be hard, you know, it's 24, seven, 365 is the simple fact of the matter. And, um, but what I'm, what I think is most important as to how you manage that is you be in the moment and, and you be present in everything that you're doing. So if, if I have a meeting with our team about a project in particular, in particular, I'm, you know, concentrating on what the conversation is about as we're doing right now. I'm not daydreaming about something else because, you know, if you're in the moment, if you're present, you can be engaged and you can manage things otherwise. The same is said if, you know, I'm not at the office and I'm playing with my kids and, or my wife or whatever it might be, and something actually comes up from the office, it's like, okay, okay, kids, can, I, can you give me five minutes? I need to just deal with this and I'll deal with it. I'll be in the moment. I'll be present. And then I'll come back and I'll be in the moment and I'll be present. And so I think that's the, for me personally, that's the key to how, how you manage being doing the job versus being an entrepreneur and that sort of thing. Okay, super. Now, speaking of uh, 
of juggling, uh, how do you create that work slash life balance uh, out there? What do you do uh, uh, on that side of the uh, the side? Yeah, I mean the the notion the notion of balance is is more for me about integration, um, and and so you know arguably you can't work 24 7 365 we all know that but there's a level of being a business owner that demands the kind of metaphorical notion of what that is and so how do you balance it you i think it's it's in fact being what i just talked about it's being in the moment and so you know you 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 do what you do during the day um and whether it's, you know, whether you're working from home now or, or in my particular case, I'm at the office and then and you come home and you be in the moment. And if you need to respond to things that that speak or that are, you know, urgent, if you will, it's, it's a simple balance, you know, and 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 as long as you're in the moment, I, I think for me personally, I think I can balance it and I think I can handle it and I think I can integrate it in such a way that doesn't carry so much weight that it becomes a burden yeah exactly what other things do you do um besides having architecture as your passion <laughs> uh, what other hobbies or uh pursuits yeah. do you have well i would say i'm a pretty avid sports fan um my you know my my playing days are are arguably over uh and so i'm kind of living through through my children if you will i uh I, I help coach my son's hockey. You know, I'm, I'm pretty passionate about, uh, about baseball and hockey in particular, but, um, you know, that's, that's one thing as from a sports perspective that I, I really enjoy. Um, I also, uh, am a board on the board of directors at the grand. Um, and so, you know, the, the notion of culture and theater is really important to me and it's important to how we as a society experience, uh, experience each other and experience art. Um, and, and so, you know, there's, there's, um, avenues beyond just the work and the business that, uh, that I'm, that I'm, uh, equally passionate about. Now, when you mentioned, uh, your playing days over, did you play somewhere, uh, like play sports? Uh, yeah, I, I uh, um, you know, I, I played both baseball and hockey competitively. I, I grew up in Nelson in BC. Oh, um, <laughs> and so, you know, I it was a lot of what we did uh, growing up as kids and, you know, you do that and you have fun and you, you know, you hang out with your friends and, you know, it's, 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 it's a really, you know, I, team camaraderie is a sort of metaphor for, for life camaraderie. And so I, I really appreciated that. Well, just as an aside, my very first job in journalism was at the Nelson Daily News. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah, 40 years ago, May 1979, I moved from Calgary to, uh, sorry, from Ottawa to Nelson and uh, became sports editor at the Nelson Daily News. So I know that area quite well. That's cool. Yeah. Was that part of the, I guess, the uh, attraction for you for the doing the Columbia Icefield thing? Uh, uh, NBC and part of all that uh, natural landscape and yeah, I mean, I think you know, growing up there, you know, we 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 lived just outside of town and I grew up on 17 acres, and so the lake was our, the lake was our front yard and the mountains the backyard. There's a kind of experience to nature that you you don't often get in an in an urban setting, and 
and perhaps as a kind of you know underlying thing that that's what drew us there for sure I mean I, I think everyone would say you know do you like being outside or do you like nature do you like the mountains like most people are going to say yes and, and you know so yeah, exactly. you know so it's uh, having grown up there was was great though for sure super well thanks very much Kevin for taking the time and uh, speaking with us today well it's my pleasure my pleasure I uh, I, I really enjoyed this I just want like to add just one thing you know yeah, about sure. our work that that I think that you know sort of resonates with us and when we talk to those who 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 know our work and clients clients that were we talk about you know to us what we do is 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 more than architecture you know we're we're here to sort of create extraordinary environments that elevate the everyday you know we're here to enhance the human experience and 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 i think you know if you talk to a lot of our clients they can attest to that for sure and 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 if if a client can attest to that i think what we're doing is successful and and so you know we're really proud of of what we do for for those reasons okay super thanks uh, kevin mary i really appreciate it i uh i thanks thank you for the opportunity okay that was kevin harrison principal of sturgis architecture in calgary this has been uh calgary's podcast on canada's podcast network i'm your host mario Tonaguzzi. thanks for joining us today